is summertime. The weather is hot. The rumor mill is hot. The wrestling world is hot. Looking for something cool or looking for someone cool in the middle of the heat? Well, look no further. The Cassock Club is back from the East Coast. And with his traditional shout out to the AEW Women's Champion, Britt Baker, DMD, the aging priest who used the downtime to build up even more animosity towards Vince McMahon for being an arsonist who insists on continuing to burn down WWE. <laughs> From the West Coast, the Hollywood priest who used the downtime to recall with great fondness that time with Tony Schiavone cussed him out and Jim Ross called him buddy, Michael Sadev. And from the Gulf Coast, the troubadour priest and our moderator who used the downtime to figure out whether he wants to walk with Elias or run with Alexa. Spoiler alert, it doesn't matter because Vince will most certainly cut one, if not both of them. It's War Stewart. <laughs> yes! Yes! The return. Yes! Cassock Club is back. We are back after a what some might call lengthy hiatus of about six months. We have had a lot of time to ponder and think. It is our time in the wilderness, as some might say. But man, we are glad to be back with you. I have Matt and Mike here. Guys, how are you doing? Man, I feel I feel like John the Baptist. I'm walking out. I'm seeing the Cassock Club come out of the desert and into the wonderful cooling waters of the pro wrestling world. Oh my lord, I can't top that. There's no way. <laughs> no way. I mean, let me let me tell you what. I, I so much has changed not only in our lives, but in the world of professional wrestling. When we did our last episode back in February with our wonderful guest, Nick Weiger of the Doughboys, and how did this get shout made, out, and shout out. shout out to Nick, and that uh, that episode is in our archives. If you would like to go check it out, please do check it out. It was highly listened to, and we thank everyone for listening to it. But so much has changed since that episode back in February that we did. So much has changed. You mean WWE? So much WWE's well, good not, again? No, not that much has changed. but <laughs> Just their in, roster. Yeah, the roster has changed, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, and we've had cuts. We've had forbidden doors opened. We've had title changes. We'd had, we have had this, that, and the other. I mean, we've had possible returns. We've had unbelievable switches over from WWE to... AEW and other promotions. I mean, nothing is as we left it, just about. And the pendulum swings have been unbelievable since the last time we checked in, right? Basically, every forbidden door is open. But here's a bigger question. Are you guys seeing uh, if my audio is working at all? It is working. I can hear you perfectly. You see the little lines going? Yeah. I'm okay. not seeing my lines either. Uh, that's another thing that's changed. We're using new podcast recording technology. Yeah. So, uh, thankfully, you won't see the video of this because right now we're all looking pretty darn confused. Yeah. No, I can hear both of y'all perfectly. It's going going great. 
I don't know. Uh, so just let's just keep going, okay? So if you all can hear me, that means Vince McMahon can hear me, which means I can go off. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that yet. Not going to go off on yeah. my anti-Vince rant yet. Yeah. Yeah. No. But yeah, we're all good. I can hear y'all. The The lines are moving and everything is is all good. So All right. Well, uh, so just to, to, to touch back on what you were talking about. Yeah, everything has opened up. I mean, we dreamt of what it might look like to see New Japan wrestlers coming over to AEW or AEW wrestlers going over to AAA or NWA wrestlers showing up. And, you know, I, for one, thought that the only possibility of seeing that would have been with Triple H's NXT local globalization plan where we had NXT UK, NXT Japan, NXT Mexico and bring back that territory. And I always said it could work. Mm -hmm. And the truth is it can, and we're seeing it today. Yeah, we absolutely are. We're seeing uh, people coming over from New Japan, people in Impact, people in NWA. Like you said, there is there is no door that is has remained open and remain or has remained closed. All the doors are open. And what a time to be a wrestling fan, right? I mean, it it is it's an unbelievable uh, experience to not know what you're gonna see on your TV on Wednesday nights or Thursday nights or Tuesday nights or, or whenever um, you can kind of guess what you're going to see on Monday night, because it's the same thing every week, but that's another story altogether. Um, yeah, and, but you know, when, when we started this during the pandemic yeah. and, you know, ran through 18 weeks, it was like, this is like a fun thing to do with quarantine and everything else going on. Right. And, you know, we took a break, but man, the, the past six months, I've never been more deeper or into AEW and this this whole world than I've ever been. Yeah. So it's only it's only fitting that, you know, the boys who were there from the beginning, from all in, from house shows in Nashville, Tennessee, join along for the ride. That's right. That's right. It wasn't a house show that we saw in Nashville. We saw we saw an actual ROH pay-per-view. It was honor right, for all. Right, right, right. It was basically the size I, I of a house see, show. I saw a house show in uh, in the War Memorial in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh, there you so, go. But yes, we we did the pay per view life <laughs> for we Ring did. of Honor. We did, we did. Um, so in your opinion, I'd like to hear both of you getting caught up on the last six months. What has been the best thing that you've seen? We've we've touched a little bit on the highlights, but what is possibly like the best and most exciting thing that you've seen in the last six months. And, and as we go forward, we're not going to dwell too much on the last six months. We're going to, we're going to keep going forward with it because that's, what's exciting, especially, uh, especially possibility tonight. Of, of tonight. Yeah. We're recording this on Friday. You should be able to be listening to this on Friday night, possibly right before you see the new AEW show in its second week, AEW Rampage. But Matt, why don't you go ahead and, and tell me what you think is the most exciting part about the last six months, about what wrestling is now and moving forward. I'm going to give one answer that I think encompasses everything, and you guys have already touched on it. It's the fact that we've got interpromotional cooperation, and there's none of this pride of place or exclusivity. It's talent from AEW, like you all were saying, going to TNA and going to AAA and New Japan coming here. And everything that I've seen happen is a direct result of Tony Khan being willing and anxious 
to kick open all these doors and to cooperate in a way that, you know, I'm the old guy here. I'm 51. I've never seen this. I mean, even dating back to my youth when it was the old territory days, you had some crossover and you'd have folks from, you know, mid-Atlantic go to Deep South. Flair would take the title and go around and wrestle or Lawler would take his title and go around and wrestle. But nothing to the extent of this. And so for me, that's the most exciting thing. Uh, You know, you all have said it. I'm going to be a broken record. You never know what you're going to see or who you're going to see or where they're coming from. And that's what I'm most excited about because it's not turning on impact on Wednesday night and thinking, okay, here are the nine wrestlers I may see this week. It could be 200 wrestlers that they're going to pull from and you don't recognize. So for me, that that's the really, really cool and exciting thing is, you know, I know that I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think obviously that's a game changer. I think for me, the most exciting thing is we're seeing uh, a mini boom of of this era coming out of the pandemic as well, where it's, you know, AEW's had a steady, you know, ratings climb. Uh, the, the changing of the guard happened on Wednesday nights. The war is over. And now uh, not only is AEW getting stronger, but everything is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And new fans are being made and moves mm-hmm. are being made to bring back old ones. So it's um, it's an exciting time to see the, the strength of the industry. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly exciting. And I think... Um, one of the big things is you're talking about the swell of the popularity of professional wrestling. It it's interesting to to notice that when the world kind of shut down and everything kind of shut down, wrestling never shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and An and essential has, business in Florida. Abs- <laughs> that's that's correct, apparently. Um, but but no, I mean, it whether they were impact and went to empty. Uh, empty, you know, studios, or if it was AEW that was in in an empty dailies place, uh, and then slowly bringing people back to, you know, WWE had the Thunderdome, um, and uh, no matter what, wrestling kept going. Uh, at, you know, some of the smaller places that that couldn't get people, you know, the PWGs and all that kind of stuff, they they kind of held out until just recently um, in the last few months, but you know, it it was, it was there. It was always there. And there was a real chance to build an audience and to get people excited for coming back. And I think AEW more than anyone has capitalized on that has capitalized on the, getting the excitement up, getting the fans going, getting the fans ready to come back. And really, you know, grab a hold of of what exciting wrestling can be um, in person and on your television screen. And and they've done an outstanding job, I think, um, obviously. Uh, and it, it, it's good. It's good. It, it's it's fun. You can see the people the the people are having fun. Uh, look no further than Dynamite last last Monday night with uh, with Jericho when the stipulation was he couldn't have his entrance music. But the whole crowd, the, the whole crowd sang it a cappella, and that was it was a super, super special moment, I think. Um, and and just kind of, I'm I'm happy for for us as fans that we have this, 
Um, it is, I think it's special. It's a special time to be a wrestling fan. When you look at the numbers too, I mean, Rampage, brand new show, one episode out of the gate. It's on a night where after being locked up in a pandemic for so long, folks are going away for weekends or getting out for movies and concerts and all this stuff. 740,000 for the first episode. And that's not even capturing people that would have recorded it and gone back and watched it later off TiVo or uh, you know, repeat plays or anything like that. I mean, three quarters of a million people on a Friday night, first time out of the gate episode. 10 yeah, that's p.m. Big. For that's one big. hour. After one two hour. hours of another wrestling show. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So so what is what is the over-under? If the, if the over-under is a million for tonight, over-under. Uh, I think it's... Oh, it's... I think... I, I don't know. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to go 1.45. One four five. Wow, that would be a huge jump. I think he's not too far off, to be honest with you. It is think, highly anticipated. I think tonight is appointment television. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say over, but just barely. I'm gonna say like one, one point. I'm gonna say like one point one, maybe. And we're Wait, talking. It's not really barely. That's a hundred thousand people, but. For the yeah. for the uninitiated, we're talking about the ratings numbers. Yeah. Of how many people are watching uh Dynamite or Rampage tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean seven point I mean seven seven hundred and forty thousand is a incredible number for your first go, like y'all were saying. Um it's gonna be exciting. Uh I'm gonna watch for sure. Um and you know, We've been we've been talking about our return. This is our big return to the podcasting world. What better time than to talk about the possible return of one CM Punk tonight? Uh, all signs are pointing to him returning to the wrestling world after what seven years uh, being out of wrestling, something like that. Yep. Um, yep. He he has you know teased a little bit that he, he that he was going to come back at some point uh, over the last several years, but took a commentary job that yeah, was highly took, successful. Yeah, right. He <laughs> yeah he tried his his hand at UFC and got just shellacked just uh, every time. And then you know was working for uh, a, a a lower tier. MMA company doing that uh, and doing commentary there, but man, it's, it's, what do you think, what do you think happens if and when CM Punk returns this evening on Rampage in his hometown of Chicago? I mean, the roof, what AEW or the industry or what? Yes. All of that, all the above. Yeah. I I uh, think, I I think the roof uh, blows off the United center. First yeah. of all, uh, if I'm doing it and I'll, you know, taking up the pencil is, is a, a staple of this podcast in previous six months. If it's clear they're, they're going to work something with Darby, right? That seems to be where all roads are leading. <clears throat> but I, I'd introduce him by having Colt Cabana come out. Chicago's own Colt. Oh, man. Talk about friendship. Talk about missing Hangman. What better way to introduce your friend than to have another friend who's had a very public falling out uh, bring them in? You know, maybe that's the first match back is Colton Punk leading up to to Darby. And then eventually, you know, at some point we were getting Kenny versus Punk. 
Ooh, man. Man, do you think they bring him in for a match tonight? No, no. no. Tonight, no. tonight, I think it's either tonight's either the celebration of him being here or it's the celebration. And then we see the heeliest of all heels uh, as Punk turns to end the show by maybe putting Colt Cabana to go to sleep uh, and then and then walking out and just I mean, can you imagine Punk as just unhinged as a heel? I think, you know, to me personally, I think he already is one. And I want it on the record that AEW, uh, when we look back in the history books, I tweeted this out yesterday. You did, yeah. They did not need him. This was not, he did not save them. He is not bringing them to to uh, to to some other place. He right. is coming to them because they are already there. Yes. So I just want that on the record. Well, uh, I, so the whole thing is that apparently he was really close on whatever I've read on whoever from whatever on the internet. Um, apparently he was really close at, at the very beginning of AEW to joining. They had courted him. They were in talks with him, but he apparently didn't want to do it because they just kind of wasn't sure what they were going to be. Well, they're what le- a little less than two years in now, and they are very obviously for real. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if, if, he does indeed come back tonight. I think that's why that's a huge reason why, because he can be a part of something that is for, he wasn't going to come back, you know, for some rinky dink indie. Right. Um, he was going to come back for something for real. If, cause he doesn't have to come back. Right. He's, he said for the last seven years, he doesn't, he doesn't have to, he's got Hollywood gigs. He's got, I mean, you know, C tier Bill, C Bill's still coming. Bill's still tier, coming though. Yeah. Tier C Hollywood, uh, gig, but you know he he can find his money elsewhere. Um, it, but but this is the right if it's the right place and the right time, the right fit for him. I think that's why he he will be coming back. Financially, he doesn't need to come. But I think I don't know. I don't know the guy. I've never met him. Obviously, I would have told you all many times if I had. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But, well, I, you did meet Moxley. Yeah, we did meet Moxley. Yes, um, <laughs> and the box. Um, I have to wonder, you know, it's not financially that he has to come back, but how much of it is just his ego isn't allowing him to enjoy being out of the limelight as much as he possibly could. You think CM Punk has an ego? Who has egos in wrestling, yeah? Now, here here are a couple of thoughts on this. (laughs) One, you asked earlier, Worth, if he was going to wrestle tonight. He, I don't think he wrestles tonight. What it cannot be, because this would burn it down before it ever started. It can't be just an announcement where they put a graphic up on a screen and that's right. it. Oh, that would they be bad. Nah, they they, they won't do that. Now, I did see somebody tweet, and I actually was kind of intrigued by this, but I think I would be royally irate if this happened, where it's all the talk about best in the world, best in the world, best in the world. Punk's music hits. There's this long dragged out thing where you're hearing the music but nobody comes out and then mjf walks out and does kind of like it it was a me all along kind of thing i swear flicks off the crowd just it would be i mean the heat that that would draw for him would be phenomenal but i would be so ticked off if that was if they did that so i was kind of intrigued by that all right here's a question do you think with all the talk that's been going on and all the the kind of 
leaked hints and all this and all the Kenny Omega wearing CM or whatever shirts. You know, he wore a Cookie Monster shirt, CM, a couple weeks ago. Last Wednesday on Dynamite, he wore a Chick Magnet shirt, which, of course, is what CM and CM Punk is short stands for, right? Uh, with all of the hype and all of the talk and all of the rumor and innuendo and all of the all signs pointing to him returning, if he doesn't return, what do you think it says? It says Tony had a stroke somewhere along the way because he's made such good decisions and watched and seen and known how to react to to fan expectation and, and anticipation. That this, this would be like, I think CM Punk like got in a car accident before the show you, it would it would have to be something uh terrible has happened yeah because there's no way that we've gotten to this point without him going no that's not it at all please do not think that um but it would be an amazing troll job i do have to say Whew. man I, I i yeah i don't know matt what do you think well i have to say one thing i've always wanted to give tony credit for is the fact that he knows how to string something out and build up the anticipation for it. You know, we've all gotten so used to uh, WWE, you know, coming up with a match out of a one-week storyline, and then in two weeks, the storyline's wrapped up, and it's like, you know, okay, what the hell was that? Tony's like, okay, I know this is going to upset you all. I know you're getting anxious, and you want to see this wrapped up, but he's just been a master at building anticipation, at building anticipation. Now, you also, on the other side of being a master of building anticipation, you also have to be a master of knowing when too much is too, or when you've gone too far with it. So I think the last several months with the hints about Punk coming and all the anticipation for, I mean, he's got to pull the trigger tonight because everybody's going to be there wanting this tonight. And he runs the risk of taking that one step too far if it's not tonight, I think. There's just no way that it doesn't happen. There's I just, think you're right, Michael. There's just no way. I think you're right. I, I you know, I think it would be, um, it would be a, an awful move for it not to happen. Um, I think actually, it if and when it does happen tonight, I think they have played it perfectly. Oh yeah, one hundred. I mean, really, they've never they have they've dropped like kind of somewhat obvious hints. But that's what they want. They yeah. wanted enough to get to get people talking, and you know, people are talking about AEW now more than ever. Um, and to go back to the to my previous question of what do you think this does for the not only AEW but for the world of wrestling, I think there's already been a a, a momentum shift. You can kind of feel it in the landscape, um, and I think this this kind of gives them like a captain right to to a a a massive force behind uh that momentum um that it is it's you know they have Kenny Omega they have the bucks they have all these great people but they don't none of those people have the name recognition that CM Punk has and CM Punk is like i think Jericho is probably going to be not phasing out, but he's he's going to be doing other stuff. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a break after this loss of uh, from MJF. But I think with CM Punk and maybe even Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call him, coming in, um, 
man, that would be, I, I think that would shift the momentum uh, even more. And not only for AEW, but I think the world of wrestling just just keeps getting better. It keeps well, the, getting better. The, the, there's the, like you just touched on, I think what has made Tony the best, you know, owner, booker, whatever you want to call it in the history of, of pro wrestling. And that when he began, right. Uh, got the, the, the hottest amalgamation of talent that was available bucks, the elite, right. Bullet club, all that. But then added Jericho as your anchor, right. For the mainstream. That was the first announcement. Your first show, you bring in Moxley, your second anchor. Then you coasted a little bit, right? Brought in more great workers, names that the uh, the hardcore fans know. Yeah. Then bring in Punk, this third anchor. But you know what was crazy is is really this began when when it started with Punk and Brian are coming, right? This wasn't just about Punk. We've all stopped talking about Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do this whole thing again in about a month or two where Brian Danielson or yeah, Brian Danielson is coming in uh, and, and we have another big name from outside mainstream that gets eyes back in. Uh, it's, it's just, he's peppered these, these, these big columns that are holding up the rest of this thing yep. uh, throughout the, the last year or years and few months. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. Uh, I've, I've already said it three times already on this, this episode, but man, it's good to be a wrestling fan right now, isn't it? Absolutely. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right. Well, uh, Oh, can I add one more thing for tonight's preview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep, we can, we can keep talking. Go. Well, just, just before we get off uh rampage, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, as a harbinger of the, the international wrestling minute. Oh, uh, we did have a tweet the other day of one Switchblade Jay White. Yeah, we did. leader of the Bullet Club that said, I'll see you in Chicago. I was kind of shocked about that. It's shocked. Shocked. Like, why would he do that? You would think that they would do that on Dynamite. You know, like, why? Why You don't need it for this show. But, like, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Not complaining at all. And he just... You know, they had the uh, New Japan show here in Los Angeles at the Coliseum uh, where the Good Brothers were confronted by Tamatanga Tangaloa of the Bullet Club uh, for the first time. They didn't say anything. They just looked at each other. If you don't think Bullet Club versus the Elite is coming, I mean, we could see that happen tonight at Rampage as well. Oh, baby. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I mean, how good? How good is that? And is that not something that could last? Rest of my life? Yep. A, a year? I mean, it, it literally could be like a year-long thing or or longer, right? It, I mean, it, and and happen all over the world. Like once Japan opens back up, they can go over to Japan and, and do their thing. You know, they can show up on impact. Like all of these battles are going to be happening. It's like the battle of TNA, the battle of new Japan, the battle of Jacksonville. Right. I mean, it's, it's all of unbelievably. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing. Six months ago, we couldn't like, we were dreaming. We were just dreaming about all this. Right. 
I mean, they were just, they were dropping little hints, like you were talking about how they do, about how, you know, uh, Kenny and the Bucks weren't even heels six months ago, were they? No. I don't know. Kenny I don't wasn't even champion. That's right. Kenny wasn't even champion. And, oh my gosh. I, I mean, mean, it's but, just. But we, we didn't even dream of, like, Andrade coming over right. and then showing up with Ric Flair in Mexico. Yeah. Or him showing up at the NWA in two weeks. Yeah. Like, that's, that's going to be awesome. Like, well, how, how is this happening? Or, or Malachi black showing up, and you know, showing up, in, Cody, you know, showing up in Miami when, when one of us of the castle club happened to be there. Hello. You know? Hello. Witnessing history. Yeah, man. That I, was... ne- I have never actually seen somebody's head explode. But I have a feeling tonight if you guys get both Punk and Jay White. Done. <laughs> Done. My this heart is gonna suddenly out. become a one host podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hope you can do intro and everything else. So you just need to do one long intro that will be an in memoriam to your two fellow podcast hosts because their heads exploded and they exploded into a green globule like in spinal tap. Like what what a uh, what a, a requiem mass Matt would put on for us. <laughs> exactly. I do exactly. want to tell everybody we will undoubtedly, undoubtedly, not only be texting with one another but live tweeting. So follow us at Castic Club on Twitter, C A S S O C K C L U B. That's right. We're going to be probably live tweeting every second of the show tonight. Yeah, I mean, good grief, I. I uh... I will say, even even if we haven't uh, been podcasting in a while, that Twitter handle has been on fire. Yeah, we've been we've been rocking and rolling um, with the Twitter. We we have been very much still active on Twitter. Um, give us a follow. Uh, Make sure to vote in today's Trinity list. That's right, in today's Trinity list, um, which seems like a a really great segue. Uh, into our trinity list for this week trinity list is back baby you wanted it you got it shout and out let me tell you right. so if you if you're unfamiliar with the trinity list trinity list goes like this it is three rounds of a snake style draft we have a topic and we choose our top three of whatever topic we're talking about, we'll tell you what we're going to talk about today. But once someone chooses, that item is off the board, so it cannot be chosen twice. So if Michael chooses something ahead of me and I had it on my list, I have to choose something different. All right? So and then it goes back and forth until everyone has their top three, their trinity of blank. Today... Today, ladies and gentlemen of the Cassett Club Podcast Nation, our list, our Trinity list today will be of, in keeping with our very own return here to podcasting, today's Trinity list will be our Trinity list of our favorite returns in wrestling. I'm excited about this one. I love a good return in uh, in wrestling when I'm watching. Nothing gets me out of my seat. Nothing makes me go, whoa, more than a good 
return. Well, so, and I think to, to keep to to keep the you know the lineage, the cohesiveness from our our six months prior. Yeah, I believe Matt is still the Golden Singture champion. Oh my gosh, he is! I forgot we even had the Golden Singture. <laughs> I thought it had been retired, like the TNA belt, reigning and undisputed, but certainly not defending. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so Matt, you get first uh, choice of where to pick, and then we'll go from there. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip the wrap this time because I have a feeling at least one of mine. Well, will you'll be get the wrap on the, you'll get the wrap on the the second to third round, yeah. right? Second to third round. All right, uh, Mike, you want to go second or third? I'm, I'm happy to give you whatever you want because I don't think you're gonna take my picks. All right, I'll do the I'll do the third. I'll do the wrap around then. All I'll right. do I'll do the third. We'll get the wrap. We'll get the wrap. Um, all right. So uh, Matt, Matt will go first. Alive. I know hit you us with your hit us with your favorite return, Matt. My number one. Oh man, I've got so many riches to choose from here. But my number one, it's going to be an obvious one. Probably one that I would wager I pulled off at least one of your list. You guys talk about knowing me, but do you think you know me? SummerSlam, excuse me, Royal no. Rumble. Uh-huh. Pick number 21, entrant number 21. One of the loudest crowd pops I have ever heard for Absolutely. the return of Edge. Mm. The 2020 Royal Rumble, man. That, that was a moment. And I that got was one of the ones. It, oh, it was man. the last moment before COVID. It was. Yep. It was. And uh, true to form, WWE botched it. His first spear, they were showing a crowd shot. But you go back yeah. to the edited versions, you see the spears. But then it's like you see Edge, and then you're looking at there were guys in front of us in Nashville that we affectionately refer to as the River of Beer. So they did their River of Beer shot during the first. Yeah. Year. Oh my gosh! I remember seeing it live. Of course, like you said, now if you go to the network and and yeah, they've added another it, shot. They've added another shot. But I mean, I remember, I remember when it happened, and I yelled, "How do you, how do you do that?" Yeah. On the first wrestling action he has, the first time he touches someone in a wrestling ring, and you don't have the shot. Unbelievable! It was unbelievable. All right, but Matt, you, uh, you, you're right you, about that. I, I had that one on my list. Real quick, though, do you all remember his face? Because when he heard the pop, it looked like he was getting really emotional. I mean, it wasn't just like this aggressive, I'm back. There was a moment where he looked like it was really getting to him. Yeah, for sure. He had His eyes are so wide, he was breathing deep. I'm sure some of that was was a work, but you know that he, uh, he loved it. He loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. So there's my first pick. All right, Michael. And, and also another one who uh, retired as champion right? That's true. You never lost the belt. Okay. So my, uh, my first pick is in keeping with forbidden doors being opened and it's a little bit of a niche pick, but in some ways it is the spiritual successor to what we're seeing today. And I'm taking you back to ECW in a moment in which chaos ensued. The ECW champion, at the time was a man by the name of Mike Awesome. 
And he had just signed a contract as ECW champion to go to WCW. What do you do? Is the title going to end up being thrown in the trash? There was only one thing Paul could think to do, and that's call up the heart and soul of ECW, who now wrestled for the WWF tag. And so for the first time in history, there was the WWF, uh, a WWF roster member wrestling a WCW roster member for the ECW title in an ECW ring. I mean, is that not just a foreshadowing of what wrestling has become? Paul was always military. I'll tell you what, Michael, I did not see that one coming. There you go. I, I did not have Taz on my list. Taz, Taz returning to ECW. <laughs> and if you watch the YouTube video of him coming, the crowd didn't know he was coming back. Yeah. That was another one of those moments. Uh, and, and it's certainly historical. For sure. For sure. Oh, man. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good one. All right. Are you guys ready for my number Uh, My number one pick. Fire away. So this was probably the first moment that So I I didn't watch wrestling for, you know, there's probably a period of about five or six, seven years that I didn't watch wrestling right in the middle of uh, middle and I don't know, like around 2010. I probably didn't watch it up until about 2014, maybe, maybe around 2015. Uh, just kind of, I kept up with it. I just didn't really watch any of it. I was doing other things, had other interests, but I always kind of loved the old stuff. But this is one of the moments that absolutely hooked me and brought me back in. I was like, you know what? It's WrestleMania 33. I'll I'll check it out. I'll check it out. It hosted by the New Day. In I think it was in. Orlando or Tampa, maybe uh, one of those. I don't. I don't remember where exactly. But it's advertised as a triple threat ladder match, tag team ladder match for the WWE. I guess the Raw titles. Raw titles, uh, yeah. For the Raw tag team titles, um, and then out of nowhere, the New Day announces that there will be a fourth team, and that this has become a fatal four way. And they kind of stroll a little bit down the ramp, making everybody think that the fourth team is them. And then suddenly, the Hardy Boys music hits. And you want to talk about a pop? That was a huge, huge, that was like a Road Warriors pop, for real. I mean, it was so loud. And down come the Hardy Boys. And, of course, they go down and and win the titles against... uh, Against only one of the teams that was in the ring ready to go is still in in WWE, um, but uh, yeah, such a surprise there too because it was in Orlando because the night before they had right? wrestled and lost the uh, ROH titles in Lakeland, Florida to the Young Bucks in the exactly. ladder match that brought me back exactly to wrestling that was a killer. So how about that? How about we in back to back nights? Uh, we were kind of both brought back to wrestling by yeah. the Hardy Boys. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that I mean, it was it was unbelievable coming to the night before <laughs> to to WrestleMania the very next night. Uh, so that's my number one pick. Um, all right, my number two pick is is kind of I was feeling I was feeling uh, tonight a little bit in my in my brain and. 
I know where and, you're going with this. And John Cena beats Rey Mysterio to win the title on Raw in, oh, yeah, in I think, of July of 2011. I did. Yeah, scratch that one off, Matt. Um, after going back and, and returning uh, to wrestling and watching wrestling and having the network, I went back and watched a bunch of CM Punk stuff. And uh, this was one of the ones that I kept going back to. Uh, and and just the excitement and the feel. CM Punk has has had this thing. He um, he leaves the company with the title, right? And so they have this. Didn't they have a, a tournament or a, a yeah. two, they had a tournament to to see who would win the title? Rey Mysterio wins the tournament and then has to wrestle again that night. John Cena. John Cena wins it off of him. And Raw is about to end. And Cena is doing his four corners and he's raising the belt and he's getting the love from the crowd. And all of a sudden, Cult of Personality by Living Color. Which plays, we had never heard before. Which we had never heard before. We don't know who it is. And you, you see John Cena going, This is not my music. This is not my music. And um, and you hear, And it just plays and, and everybody's confused and everybody in the crowd is like, What? What's going on? What is this? What's happening? Uh, but Cena's in there with his belt. He's like, I, I don't know what's going on. And after about a minute, it wasn't even like an immediate uh, entrance. It was like, let's let's let this build a little bit. Let's let this marinate. And then out struts CM Punk. Uh, and he has the WWE title. And he's ready to go up and face John Cena. They do a stare down in the ring. And they hold up the titles against each other. And then the feed cuts out. End of Raw. And we don't ever get that kind of thing no, out of WWE anymore. I mean, it was it was great. It was really great. Um, and they were off to the races from there. So that is my number two. CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, definitely on the list. Classic, like one of the coolest things they did. He showed up to a, you know, some Comic Con thing with the belt and was yelling from across the room. You know, it was it was a, a worked shoot perfectly. Yeah. Uh, all right, so now I'm number two, right? I'm up now. Yep, you're all up right. Now. So my next pick is a bit out of the box as well, but you guys know I'm a fan of belts. Love them. Oh, yeah. And there's not a time where I was more happy to see a belt than when the big gold belt made its return to the world of professional wrestling. It's done it a few times, but the time that that really uh, captured me was when I was a little kid watching Monday Night Raw. The brand split happened for the first time. The title used to be undisputed when WCW was bought, brought back in. Now Lesnar goes to SmackDown. Easy E, Eric Bischoff brings out Triple H and brings back the big gold belt. And it just felt important because it is the most important title uh, with the lineage and all of wrestling. And uh, and gosh, I, they would bring it back one more time after that. But I wish they'd bring it back every day. When was that? That was in 2000 and uh, the Eric Bischoff uh, bringing it back was in 2002, uh, but they would bring it back again in 2013. 
So the return of a belt. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, a little swerve there. I didn't didn't expect that one. That's right. You like that tricky that. trick. That was good. That was good. All right, Matt. Your last two picks. What you got? All right. Uh, and I guess it doesn't matter the order since I got the wrap here. Um, That's right. And I'm I'm kind of aggravated with myself that all of the ones that I immediately gravitated to are all WWE. So I sit here and trash Vince constantly, and yet everything I picked is a WWE uh, related event. So I don't the know. Last twenty oh. years, it's all we've had. <laughs> a little we bit of the, irony there. The return um, of the Briscoe brothers. <laughs> actually yeah so let me go into my no um no you all probably remember uh they ran a thing for a while called the master lock challenge <laughs> yeah how could we forget for those that don't know go back a couple episodes you'll hear me talk about the master lock challenge is one of my oblique moments um but i won't say why no uh monday night raw january 7th 2002 this wrestler has been out for eight months, almost nine months. Um, came back far faster from a quad injury than I thought could have been possible. Vince McMahon, both, both quads, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> no, he never, he never lied on him. It's hurt. He just sat there and screamed at everybody from the corner. Yeah. Uh, no, this is Triple H's return after he tore his quad and was out for about eight months and came back. And again, for me, all these moments are based really on the way I felt in the moment and the pop from the crowd. I mean, if you've got this exciting course. crowd's kind of like, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, triple H coming back on that raw. And it was a triple H that I liked. It wasn't the Terminator triple H and it wasn't all this other crap. It was the triple H with the denim jacket and the jeans and the bottle of water who just looks like he's ready to walk into a, a bar on I-95 and have a fight with somebody. But the bus, steroids will do that to you. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, steroids Whoops. will do that to you just the same way as steroids cause the injury probably that he uh, <laughs> No, but that video all. package before. Oh, disclaimer, like... I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> No, the video uh, package before the um, before his return is like one of the best that WWE's ever done. Oh yeah, that's one thing they've always been great at is prepackaged video segments. They've always been great at that. And then, uh, okay, my final one is also a raw moment, uh, but it's not a return of a wrestler. Uh, this was the raw on February twenty second when. Vince decides for some ridiculous reason to inaugurate the Vincent James McMahon Legacy of Excellence Award and decides he's going to give it the first time to Stephanie. So she comes down to the ring with her little binder of remarks. She opens it up and the music hits money, money, money. And for the first time in seven years, Shane O'Mac comes out on stage. <laughs> and, you know... Again, somebody from uh, the McMahon family, you don't think of having a huge pop. Shane got a huge pop coming out for that because, you know, it's, you know, we're screwing Vince, we're screwing Stephanie and ruining this moment. But I always loved that because it was just Shane getting a chance for the first time in almost 10 years to be Shane and not, you know, he left for a long time, as you all know, trying to build his own independent business away from WWE. Uh, but he came back for this, and it was just, you could see 
the Vince McMahon legacy in the way Shane was approaching everything and his attitude and all that stuff. But it was just a really, really fun moment that the crowd got into. Uh, and just, again, the pop. So that was my third moment. That was that was kind of a fun one just because I loved watching him hamming up and have a great time with it. And what year was that, you think? Uh, 2016. 2016. Right. Yeah, we were all happy to see him, too. <laughs> that, was, of course, that was before he inserted himself in every WrestleMania possible. Well, and then that. he decided to open up his basement for underground wrestling, too. So, Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. Raw Underground seems like so long ago. Jeez. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. All right. Oh, my gosh. All right, that's enough. I don't want to talk about that anymore. All right. Matt, <laughs> thank you. Those are good picks. Mike, your third and final pick is... My third and final pick is another return, uh, but of a person, uh, of course. Um, but a person, uh, you know, I did ECW, I did a belt, and and now I think, you know, I want to do a little bit more modern and today. However, this person didn't just return to wrestling, didn't just return to a company. They returned back to life. I'm, of course, talking about Adam Cole after being killed <laughs> off of being the elite. He was poisoned by Kenny Omega, kicked out of the Bullet Club, dead. And yet somehow the WWE resurrected him. And in 2017, he shows up on NXT. Uh, and, you know, and what may be a little bit more foreshadowing, we might see him return back to the Bullet Club, back to the super elite Mount Rushmore uh, with his buddies in AEW because, of course, his contract is up. At the end of SummerSlam, which is, I think, what, Saturday or Sunday, right? Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. Saturday. So this could be the the end of uh, of NXT Adam Cole. And if he's smart, uh, he will get out. But, uh, yeah, so my third return is the resurrection. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, Jesus and <laughs> us. The resurrection of Adam Cole oh, with the third pick. Back interesting, from the interesting dead. The back from the dead, back from the dead. Loved it. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. Um, okay, so for my, you know, I've gone back and forth, but I think I'm gonna go with one that. Oh gosh, I I can't really decide now because I thought for sure one of these would be would be taken, um, but. I'm going to go with, and, I'll, and then I'll give you a, a, an honorable mention, and we can all do honorable mentions if we want yeah, to. Yeah, there's plenty of honorable um, So I think one of the most significant ones uh, was X-Pac returning oh. to, to WWE after he, was, he had a brief stint as six in WCW, right? Um but really, honestly, that when he returned, that kind of change, it kind of shifted DX into what it became and what uh, got it, you know, running, you know, up and up and running uh, in a real serious way that really kind of flipped everything in the Monday Night Wars. Right. That's that after that moment, that's kind of when when uh, the momentum shifted back towards WWE, WWF at the time. What's the what's the promo? Uh 
you know, when you when you're in need, you look to your blood, you look to the click. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then I think X Pac said um said something like Scott and Kev. Uh if they if you weren't being held prisoner down yeah, in WCW, you'd you'd be right here with me. Um but yeah, it it, it was very much a, a shift after that because they DX really became the DX that everybody remembers and not mm-hmm. the Rick Rude and, and all of that. Um, yeah. So uh, I, it was actually, I, I think an actually a, a pretty significant, um, pretty significant return that kind of put all the, the pieces in the right place. And Michael, your face, when I said X-Pac, you're like, yeah. what, what in the world? But, but I think thinking about it. Yeah. Think when you think right. about it, that was the, that was huge. It huge, was huge. really huge. It was really huge. Um, and I'll go ahead and give my honorable mention uh, since I have the floor. Um, I was going to say The Rock returning in 2011 when he's revealed as the WrestleMania 27 host. Um, got a huge pop. But I think really uh, the, my favorite one in recent memory after Edge, because Edge I think is my favorite one in the last few years, is Sting returning to AEW. Uh, oh. Back in when was it December? Yeah. Um, I mean, chills. Yeah, chills. Oh, yeah. Talk about all the pieces landing in the right place for the for the moment. They made a moment, and as you know, wrestling is all about moments. It's all about the special moments. It's all about the theatrics and how are you going to grab the attention of the audience and the fans that are there? How are you going to grab them and take them and say you're mine? And they did that with Sting. They did that with Sting. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, I, I remember we watched it, and we I think we 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 did a whole podcast on it where it was like this felt like something more. This was mm-hmm. another one of those pillars that Tony Khan has brought along the way. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think how I would have booked it might have been a little bit you know a little bit better, but yeah. Um, still, what a moment! Yeah, I would say my first honorable mention. Daniel Bryan, mm. just his return in the same way of Edge of coming back and yeah. uh, and you know that promo that that he had where you know if if you fight for your dreams they'll they'll fight for you and then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just slamming the back of his head into the mat uh, over and over power bomb on the apron uh, showing he's back right he he can talk the talk now he can take power bombs on the apron exactly matt do you have any honorable mentions yeah i've got a couple i was actually on the sting route too but i was thinking about sting's first appearance um when he was up in the rafters after he'd taken that long hiatus where oh he, yeah w turned their back on him so he walked out mm-hmm. in this long period and then suddenly he appeared in the rafters the crowd pop was still big. Wasn't a word said. It was just him sitting there brooding and watching what was going on. That was always a big one for me. Um, I think about, I mean, I know we talked recently about Warrior at WrestleMania 8 coming back out post-match to save Hogan. <laughs> uh, but one of my sentimental favorites was when Flair went back to WCW in 93. And mm. it actually wasn't even one of their flagship shows. He was on WCW Worldwide, I think the first time he came back. So it was a small studio. Because why wouldn't you put your, put the greatest wrestler ever on, on any show other than the yeah. WCW worldwide. But that was his first appearance back, but that was cool because 
it was still, you know, he had his run in WWE, WWF at the time. Uh, but he came back and he was always the same flair, but flair in NWA and WCW was far different than flair in WWF. And so it was like, we got the old Ric Flair back when he came back in 93. Yeah. Well, I guess they didn't have nitro then, right? Nitro didn't no, start until 95 yeah. or 96, right? Yeah. Yeah. So pre nitro, uh, but you know, having flair back, back home where he was supposed to be. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. All right. So uh these are these are all really uh nice picks. Nice picks, guys. You the, to... the the only one I'm surprised you didn't bring back up though is Bret Hart back to WWE. Yeah, well I'm shocked that Worth Stewart didn't get a chance to bring up Bret Hart. <laughs> uh I know, but I you know, I'm trying to keep you on your toes, you know. Uh-huh. 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 All right, so Matt had Edge in 2020 Royal Rumble. Triple H comes back from quad injury. And Shane McMahon comes back in 2016. Mike had Taz, the big gold belt, being brought back in 2002. And Adam Cole being raised from the dead. And then I had the Hardy Boys at WrestleMania 33, CM Punk in 2011, and X-Pac in 98. Uh, Those are pretty good returns pretty good returns and if you have a return that uh any of you listeners out there if you have a return you'd like to add to uh our list or you have your own trinity list you can throw them up on uh your twitter machine and uh hit us up at cassette club c-a-s-s-o-c-k-c-l-u-b uh let us know what you think about our list we'll post and you can vote on who you think had the best trinity list of returns guys that's all i got today I got to go take a nap before tonight because I need every bit of energy for that one hour of Rampage. Yeah, let's uh, let's watch some Rampage tonight. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Give us a listen. Like, follow, subscribe. To, uh, whatever you get your podcast. You know, if you're listening to this, you know where to, to get us. You hear us ramble like a bunch of lunatics about wrestling, something we love dearly. So, um, But guys, that's all I have today. Uh, any other parting words? Michael? You know, I haven't done this in so long. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Deep you breath know, and go. Whether or not uh, you're you're in Japan trying to get to America to go to Chicago and feud, whether you're at a show at the torch at the at the Coliseum and man, things are breaking down. Or whether you're just a club that's been away for six months and has forgotten some of the words. It doesn't matter. We're back now, and the Cassock Club is for life. For life. Peace out. Bye-bye, buddy. What?